Hi everyone, welcome to Totally Dissolved, where we discuss all things coffee through the lens of education. I'm Kathy Hilberg. And I'm Bronwyn Serna. With the help of subject matter experts, we explore different facets of specialty coffee to educate ourselves and you. Thanks for joining us on our journey in an education in caffeination. Kathy. Bronwyn. Oh my god, I'm so excited about our episode today. Me too. Um, First, it's time to pour some coffee. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. I like this new tradition of serving the coffee on the microphone, so get used to it, guys. Yes, I like slurping <laughs> in the microphone. ASMR for y'all. Um, so during our episode planning for season four, I was like, Kathy, we definitely need to do a focus on Southeast Asian coffee. So this is part one. And I'm very, very excited today because we get to talk about coffee that is very, very near and dear to me, which is Filipino coffee. And Bronwyn, what's in our cups? In our cup today is actually Filipino coffee. So um, it is a Liberia, it's Baraco, which is the variety called Liberica. And um, it, was ro- it is roasted by a local coffee roaster here called, from Boondocks Coffee Roaster. Uh, Emil is the owner and roaster and all-around amazing coffee human. Um, he does an amazing job, but... That is what we are drinking today, and it is probably one of the best Baracos that I have tasted, because typically when it is not roasted well, um, this particular coffee, because I have had this taste like rubber, so yeah, rubber, and it's typically roasted extremely dark, Mm -hmm. and it's like Baraco means like strong, Yeah. so... I mean, it tastes like the flavor notes, which I think we should withhold telling you them because we're going to use them later in a game. Yes, a new game. Which is mostly for our guest, but it's fun if you get to also wonder which one. Yes, exactly. So, Right? And this is Kathy's second time tasting this particular coffee variety, right? Species, right? Species. Oh, yeah. Species. species. Sorry. My bad. That's okay. I honestly am just like... I'm also very tired. It is a species? I don't know. Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. But it is delicious. I act like I normally would be like, add sugar and cream to this typically, but... I'm going to be honest. I don't want to like drink a whole bunch of it. You should But it is very interesting. Yeah. It's super interesting. This one, I find it's also sweet. Yeah, which is which you never really get um, because it's roasted really dark. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting in a way that like keeps me coming back for another sip. So it's definitely not like gross or repulsive, but it's like, you know, those coffees that you get that are just like there's like really wild tasting notes that are like, yeah, like I do taste that. But I also don't think I want to just like keep drinking that. Yeah. It has this one very it's very distinctive. There's this very distinctive note that I don't know how to describe it, but it's like, oh, yes, that is Liberica. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is probably why you want to keep drinking it, because you're like, what does that remind me of? Yeah, what is 
yeah, yeah. It definitely keeps you keeps you coming back from yes. So stay tuned. Today we're going to be talking with Paul Barreto of Out of Office Coffee Roasters out of Long Beach. So stay tuned. Paul, welcome. Thank you for being on Totally Dissolved. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Big fan. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. Um, So will you introduce yourself and tell everyone about you, what you do in coffee? Yeah. Uh, My name is Paul Barreto. I'm one of the co-founders of Out of Office Roasters. Um, We are a Long Beach-based, mostly e-commerce pop-up coffee company. Um, we started officially like in, during the pandemic, like in November, December of 2020, but, um, I've been roasting for probably like since 2016, I was like started off in home roasting. Um, a little bit about my experience with coffee is I got into coffee right after college. Um, you know, just my first, I can remember my first coffee roaster, specialty coffee roaster was Keen Coffee in Orange County um, and I had bought like I watched this TV show I'm not sure if y'all remember it was called Dangerous Grounds on the travel channel oh yes (laughs) and I was like why is this guy putting himself in such danger for coffee and um, that's what kind of piqued the interest Um, later on you ended up buying a Chemex doing all that and then just really kind of immersing myself in you know kind of like the those days of specialty coffee in like Orange County LA um, but then I started home roasting, which got, was really fun. Um, just with a whirly pop on, over my stove, a lot of smoke, uh, <laughs> a lot of smoke and a lot of fire alarms, um, which was, um, kind of, it was interesting. It was fun. And then eventually got a smaller, uh, bullet roaster, like the Ilio bullet. And then, um, just sell, started selling coffee to coworkers and then, um, Eventually, uh, we launched with my business partner, we launched out of office to, and found a way to kind of uh, produce at a uh, larger scale. Um, but yeah, so right now, um, out of office roasters, we do a lot of pop-ups um, and uh, we really are focused on um, like uh, Asian American creatives and those people like connecting coffee, art and people. Uh, that's one of our big things. And at the same time, we're also, you know, really a strong promoter of like coffee from the Philippines. Um, And I had like a very unique, awesome experience recently, earlier this year. Amazing. That's one of the reasons um, I know that when we had first met, it was actually at one of your pop-ups. It was during like a small Filipino themed, um, it was at the Long Beach Public Library, y'all. Um, or one of them, and I was actually with my family, and Paul recognized me. Um, I don't know how, but (laughs) I guess, you know, all socials, but it was super sweet to get called out like that and actually taste. At that point, you didn't have Filipino coffee on tap. You had, I remember having a very delicious Ethiopian Yergashefe at that event, so, yeah. You got to see me with my nephews. It's really been, it's been fun um, kind of getting involved in the coffee community around here. There's, it's, it's very small and like, well, it's big, but also very small, mm-hmm. um, yes. how I feel. And it's, um, you know, and like we all 
met at our pop-up our, yep. our one of our, our our last pop-up we had over at mandarin coffee stand in pasadena yeah which is such a fun out. event shout out to sherry and the team yes yeah that great was, spot yes it was um I know you talked it, about it a little bit, but you and your business partner, Jonathan. Hold uh, on. We didn't find out what. Oh, yes. Sorry. Before cup. we get. Yes. Very Before important. we continue. What is in your cup? We need to know. But, yes. <laughs> so as I was telling before we started recording is um, I really wanted to get ready because, you know, I'm always interested in hearing what's in people's cups. And today what I created is when we were in the Philippines, one of the big things I wanted to take home, which is kind of can be difficult to find here, are tableas, which is these little discs of cacao, um, and that's how they make Filipino hot chocolate. So um, we stocked up on a lot of tableas, and I just brewed up a little bit with a few discs. It's usually just raw cacao, so it can be, depending on where you get it from, it could be a little bit bitter, or sometimes they sweeten it. But um, yeah, so I have. Uh, feel like a traditional Filipino hot chocolate right now for this cloudy. Uh, oh my God. I'm Amazing. so jealous. Cause it's like the Mexican hot chocolate, like in that. Yeah. Like the Ibarra, right? I believe so. Yes. But this one is Filipino and Ibarra is always sweetened, but this one is not, which is very cool. Yeah. Right now mine's not sweetened. So it's a, uh, it's very unique. Um, we bought different kinds. So it's a, uh, kind of a nice way to explore um, tableas. That's very cool. Did, did you, does it say which specific region that cacao is from in the Philippines? Um, from the ones that we bought, no. Um, but when we were in the, the Visayas area in Bacolod, we actually went to a few cacao farms and um, were able to taste like very unique, like the cacao fruit, um, which is really interesting. And like, you know, kind of with, Kind of like with coffee, there's uh, definitely a fermentation process as well as they kind of prepare it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like this is also like a very unique part of the Philippines, like that we don't hear about. You, we, there's like one brand that most people will kind of uh, know that's like exported here called Antonio Pueyo. But um, there's just like a lot in the Philippines and a lot more to explore there um, in addition to coffee. Amazing. That's a fun what's in your cup. Yeah, super fun. I love that. Okay, you can ask your question okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing <laughs> our conversation. So a lot of, um, well, we're going to get into Filipino coffee, but you and your business partner, Jonathan, um, started out of office as a process to help not only, you know, feature Filipino coffee, but to help reclaim your identities as Filipino Americans and to help create that space for Filipinos in the specialty coffee community. Can you, you shared a little bit of that story, um, but can you also share how you started to work with Filipino coffee farmers in that whole process? Yeah, definitely. Um, so um, out of office, there's actually, now there's, there's three of us, um, there's Jonathan, um, Jay, and myself. And um, initially when we first did the launch in 2020, it was Jonathan and I. Um, but the interesting part about Jonathan is he's actually Korean American, but he lived many, many years in the Philippines, um, in Antipolo. So basically he's spent more time in the Philippines than both Jay, who's my god brother, my, my Ninong son, and um, like then both of us um, all together. So it's, but his, um, 
very much, you know, he's very, he understands kind of like culture, like a lot of Filipino cultural norms and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a, it, it was a very, you know, specialty coffee was always, uh, you know, when you are just on this side of the world, you kind of know all the heavy hitters where the different countries of origin. Um, and I have, whenever I would tell my parents about, you know, I, this is what I'm doing in coffee. And like, I'm like, I would bring all this brewing equipment home. They'd just be like, oh, I think there's coffee in the Philippines. And um, you hear about Barako, which is probably the most commonly known um, coffee. It's like also, I believe, coffee Liberica. And um, it's, you know, it grows pretty rampant um, in a lot of different regions. Um, and it's known, Barako in Tagalog translates to like brave, strong, powerful. And it's like, yes. and it's bold or bold in a way. So it's a very bold cup. Um, but then, you know, hearing about different, you know, like Robustas and Arabica. The first person that like I had heard about Calzada just kind of, uh, so Calzada coffee, it's a, there's specialty Philippine coffee importers or exporters and importers. Um, so they work, they have a U.S. base, but also uh, Philip, their hubs in the Philippines. And um, initially connected through a friend um, who, her name's Jessica. She runs the page at Read Merienda, who like discusses a lot of Filipino food in the diaspora. And she was actually just curious and actually was able to go to all these farms years ago. So while I was still a home roaster, I had got this small sample when she visited the farms in um, Benguet um, from Sitio Belize. And um, it was the first taste of like specialty Arabica coffee from the Philippines. And it was really awesome just to be able to hold that and have that opportunity at such, you know, when we weren't seeing this many people, you know, release this kind of coffee. Um, and then, so from there, you know, it's, it was kind of like these small connections, you know, I reached out, um, also another big place that kind of like opened up some opportunity to kind of connect with the Calzada team was the coffee Asians group that came through, um, during uh, the pandemic, there were a lot of, uh, other Asian American, um, and Asian coffee professionals in that, in that, um, space. And we were doing cuppings and things like that and you know got to meet Corazon who works with Calzada as well who's from Andy Town in San Francisco um, so you know all these co different connections like you know these people that I was able to meet um, eventually gave us the opportunity to get our first bag um, I think it was two years ago now and um, it was just really awesome to have that like you know we got our first bag we had um like we had a lot of different pop-ups just to kind of share this coffee and doing our putting the coffee on espresso for the first time here in downtown Long Beach at a shop that was called Romeo's Chocolates. Um, so that was, and then we did pop-ups throughout the city of Long Beach, also in like LA. Um, and then just last year, there was an opportunity. Um, I, uh, my partner and I, we were both planning to go back to the Philippines um, just to visit family, visit her family, visit my family. And I reached out to Tere, who's um, the country coordinator of uh, our country, uh, the main person of Calzada in the Philippines, and asking if we could visit the farms. Um, she initially said, uh, like, initially it was just going to be me, you know, I was trying to coordinate that. But then there was another trip with a few other uh, people, um, including a previous guest, Mo from Kindness and Mischief. 
And so we ended up moving our whole vacation just so we can join and be a part of this amazing origin trip back to the Philippines. Um, but yeah, um, so um, kind of with that, we were able to travel with a lot um, with Corazon from Andy Town, Mo from Kindness and Mischief, Ria from Four Letter Word, and um, be able just to kind of see where this coffee comes from. And it was my first time at at any origin, at first time seeing like a full coffee tree and um, seeing the whole processing. And it was just wild in the regard that, you know, every like, we were able, like, you could communicate with, like, the farmers, and it was, like, a very different experience from, you know, hearing stories of what coffee is like in other areas, and it was my first experience, so, but yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of, like, how we got to start working with Calzada. So, you listed other people who got to go on this trip, so obviously, there's more coffee coming out of the Philippines. And I think in general, you could say it's an exciting time for Southeast Asian specialty coffee uh, in general. Um, But could you give our listeners a little lesson on what makes Filipino coffee so unique, um, especially to you, and then maybe your your perspective on why it's finally getting some recognition in the coffee industry? Yeah, um, I mean, just from my experience, um, at the farms, and so we we went to two different uh, regions of the Philippines: the north, um, and like it's uh, northern Luzon, um, which is a it was about six seven hours outside of Manila, and we were just driving there. Um, the farms were it was very interesting. Um, there was a lot of different communities. The coffee isn't necessarily grown in like you know it's it's grown in different um, they're very small plots. And oftentimes, you know, they grow in conjunction with other crops. So one of the things that was really interesting is kind of seeing um, how they use, like, create, like, shade-grown coffee. And they use this um, plant. They call it sayote or in, um, you know, chayote. And they basically, those are vines, and they kind of are, they're, they're a vine that runs over where the coffee trees are. Um, it is, you know, it's very... Like just when we were going to look at the trees, it's just like such a trick and seeing some of the farmers like they have these bags, these sacks of sayote, chayote, like on with the strap over their forehead. And they look like they were completely full, like hundred pound bags of oh, this like and that's how and they're going up and down these mountains. Um, for me, it was like, you know, it was amazing too. like, you know, the Calzada like put up a mill there and we were cupping outside right next to all the different drying beds um, and the tea, you know, just I've never had coffee like that, that fresh in a way. Um, and then seeing like kind of like their coffee storage, kind of like their process, like how like, you know, like their wash station as well. Um, the flavors, you know, every like we tried so many, we did a lot. We did the cupping in the north, but we tasted coffees from both the north and the south. Mm-hmm. Um, so the coffees from the south, um, Bukidnon is a part of Mindanao, which is another the southern region of the Philippines. I mean, the Philippines is, it's, can be difficult because there's so many different islands and there's so many new different places. And it was my first time actually going to Mindanao and seeing like how beautiful it is and how rich it is agriculturally and just culturally altogether. Um, 
there were some tastes that we had. And I, I don't remember if Mo had mentioned it in her episode, but we were able to try this coffee called Sweet Coffee. Um, well, it's just labeled as sweet um, by the farmers. Um, they don't necessarily right now know what it is. Um, Tere, who's you know from Calzada, was saying that this coffee was like a wild coffee that was used for the perimeter, creating perimeters for a lot of the farmers' lands. So basically, instead of having a fence, you had a bunch of coffee trees creating your perimeter. But the coffee from when I when we cupped it, it was very distinct. It, it reminded me of the first time, like when I had a Panama Geisha, where it was like this bright floral jasmine cup. It brought me back to days like that. And it was very surprising because a, a lot of the other coffees we had in the Philippines were very, you know, they were very like cups that I would drink daily, very balanced. There wasn't like, there wasn't too much like bright acidity, um, just like, you know, very solid cups that I would take any day. But when they brought this sweet coffee out, and I do remember seeing like the beans itself were, they were almost like diamond shaped. Um, and so they kind of were very oblong and like pointed at the end. Um, so we were, everybody was really amazed at this cut. Um, and thankfully, and you know, we will be getting a, a very limited, limited amount of it um, in the next, well, it's, it's arrived, but we will be releasing it in the next few months, which is something that I'm excited to share. And so I really excited. want to create like a big event where we, Personally, what I would love to do is just get all the everybody interested in this coffee and just like holding the biggest cupping in LA in Long Beach or somewhere like that. Yes, let's do it. That sounds really awesome. I would love I to totally try that. Totally dissolve the collab cupping. <laughs> yes, we can do that. that. We can make it happen. Very cool. Yeah, and just to like so for for our listeners, the Philippines is a. It's a bunch of islands, 7,000, over 7,000 islands, and only about 2,000 islands are actually inhabited. Um, and so most of the coffee is in, in the northern section or the northern islands of, of the Philippines. And I think most of the cacao is mostly in the south, like in Mindanao and Davao. Um, there, yeah, there are definitely a lot. Yeah. Um, but then one thing I did find out is that there is, there were, a, there's a lot of mill, like a lot of coffee, but it's kind of like been purchased by like some of the bigger corporations in like South Cotabato, which is like kind of the Western side of Mindanao. Um, but it is also a, a very difficult place to reach, um, yeah. for a lot of people, um, due to like political issues going on down there. Yes. Definitely. And also like, like to, to what you said earlier about coffee just growing on like people's property. So when I can totally attest to that, cause I've been to my parents' properties, both of them, um, when I last visited in, oh gosh, I don't even remember now in sometime in the aughts. Um, but they just have like many other small shareholder farms you just have random coffee trees growing in in those specific regions. And my my mom's property specifically, um, they also own rice paddies. So it's kind of, you know, the rice paddies are in one section and then around the properties you have like different fruit trees along with the coffee tree. 
cherries like growing like they're super tall because they're not kept up so you you just have like random a handful of coffee trees on your property and you pick them when they're ripe and just you know kind of make it yourself once in a while yeah Yeah. that was like an interesting thing with calzada too is that um you know a lot it's mostly small farmers so everyone's like picking their own cherries like and then bringing it to the mill and one of the things that what's unique is that they really want to for like quality of coffee in the Philippines, you know, you know, and in every any kind of origin country, you know, processing is something that's really important and like getting kind of like a, a good hold on the processing to kind of really increase the quality of the cup. So they like to buy cherry rather than parchment. So they are able to do all the, you know, it's from a lot of different people, but it's all within the same region. And so they actually want to, you know, they process it all together, they sort before and then they do a so it's really interesting because before, and it still happens, like some farmers will do their own processing and then sell it. Um, but now you have like a lot more consistency. And at the same time, one of the biggest, the best things that I was really happy to hear is that, you know, in some of these regions, they were buying coffee, like before when they first arrived, um, they were buying coffee at like 18 pesos per kilo um, of like cherry. So 18 pesos, can kind of think that's like less than 50 cents. And then basically Calzada has increased that price, has uh, more than doubled that price. Like there are like over 50 pesos in some, in the majority of their regions. So basically in addition to, you know, increasing the quality, they're increasing what they're paying the farmers to kind of, to continue to do what they're doing. Um, You know, and it was actually nice because they also are able to, you know, it's like, uh, it feels like their family there. And that was kind of like one of the reasons what was super interesting for me when I started, I brought a camera there and, you know, I think wanted to kind of document all of the things that was, that were, everything that was happening. Um, but yeah, and that kind of led into my film project. Which we will talk about. Yes. (laughs) Um, can you speak to why do you think Filipino coffee is finally getting the recognition that, you know, in in the specialty coffee industry, because when people think about Southeast Asian coffee, you're thinking about more of India or Vietnamese coffee, you know, that's a lot more common than than Filipino coffee. You know, I just, um, I feel like there's, it's kind of been, you know, like what, from my experience, like going to the farms and with Calzada, like, you know, I remember when I first got into specialty coffee and I went back to the Philippines and I tried to find like a roastery, you know, I tried to find Philippine specialty coffee. And what I found mostly when I was there, this was probably 2015, was like there was some small roasters, but then at the same, what they were, you know, they were still importing coffees, you know, mm-hmm. I was like having like Ethiopian coffee, Colombian coffee. Um, the most unique one, I did have like some Vietnamese like specialty coffee while I was there. And I feel like seeing the coffee culture and the cafe culture there now, it's, it was so, it's so crazy how much it's changed and developed. And, you know, there is like also this, you know, people are excited that there's coffee in the Philippines. They're having these competitions where they're selling these lots. Like, and it's, I feel like it's, it's been there. Like people had there, there've always been people doing it and working hard to it, like hard for it. And now it's starting to get that 
you know, people are starting to see that the true value. And, you know, in the Philippines, like a lot of times, a lot of things that are imported or, you know, people want to bring things in because they see that. But, you know, we there's coffee in the backyard, you know, like, like proverbially, it's like there's like coffee, there's all this coffee there and it's good coffee. And now I feel like, you know, hopefully people are really trying to kind of like reclaim that and um, celebrate it. I mean, and, and a lot of us, a lot of us on the trip, you know, that's a lot, we're, a lot of us are, we're all Filipino American and um, going back, some of us who were on the trip were born in the Philippines, but then, you know, spent a lot of our lives here and um, going back and like being able to kind of like connect those two worlds, like your world here in the U.S. and then also connecting back to the Philippines. It was very, it was very special um, to say the least. And um, yeah. Amazing. I love that there are, like, from when I started in coffee, you did not have Filipino coffee roasters, period. Or let alone, like, roasters featuring Filipino coffee. So I love how now, across the U.S., from coast to coast, there are, you know, a handful of very specific Filipino roasters, like Four Letter Word, out of the East Coast. We have out of office. There's a lot in L.A., like, seven syllables. Das good, um, boondocks, yourself, out of office. Um, yeah, and just so many more that I probably have not even heard of. So if I have not mentioned you, please hit us up. Um, yeah, let's, let's have some coffee. But could you talk to your project specifically with Calzada, the, like with Mom today, and um, like what you did during your trip there, because this is so exciting, and I really want to. I'm sad I missed it the first time, but yes, let us know about it. Yeah, so, you know, going on this trip, you know, just as for me personally, I've always been the type that I like to take a lot of photos, um, but going, knowing that we were going to go to coffee farms, I wanted just to document it. I, I really felt before, like going that this was going to be a super unique experience and I really wanted to capture that in a way um, that I like that felt right for me so I literally bought a new camera I bought new lenses a new laptop that would <laughs> that replaced my old 10 plus year old college laptop because I wanted to like film and just like the idea initially I was like okay maybe I can film something make a video of it of the experience of Filipino Americans going back to the Philippines, to their country of origin, kind of like it's an origin trip for coffee, but of self in a way. And what I started filming, but what ended up happening is I started seeing a very unique theme while we were at the farms. Um, uh, so the film is called Mam Tere. So it's a documentary and how I describe it is the, the specialty coffee in the Philippines and the people behind it. But one thing I did notice in all these different communities is that, you know, as we would, when we would arrive, there was a very well, like warm welcoming um, and kind of seeing how Tere and the team at Calzada have uh, essentially, you know, become a part of these communities and really kind of help them develop um, and like continue to do the work that they're doing and, you know, continue to at the same time, you know, bring up Philippine coffee, but bring people up as well. Um, so the, when I would see, and like the thing that would kind of, I, I 
was halfway, I was already done filming and we were done with the trip. And then as I was kind of, as I was kind of reviewing and just kind of thinking about reflecting on that portion of our trip, I was like, well, like, well, how, like, she's, it's so crazy that, you know, they like, Filipinos can be very affectionate people. Um, but, you know, she was telling us that I was telling us that she would just spend months, you know, weeks, like she really loved spending time at the farms. Um, and just like, you know, how she was like around the, the, the farmer's kids and things like that. It was, um, it was something special. And I really like, I was so happy to be able to capture with my own eyes. And I remember before leaving the Philippines, I like, I asked her, I was like, Hey, I like you, everybody knew that I was filming. I was filming as I like, going to the farms, watching them process cupping. It's like, I really want to and I asked I wanted to ask wanted to ask for her permission like what I saw during that trip through this lens was super unique and I don't I've never heard of anything like this in coffee before um before I've had heard like the relationship is like a very transactional you know I'm gonna buy your parchment coffee at this price you know take it or leave it but um it was um it was different it just felt so different so I created this film and I titled it Mom Did It to kind of, you know, I wanted to show everybody what I saw and hopefully see that there could be a different way to do coffee. Um, that's, you know, it felt good in regards to, um, you know, like there was, they were like, they were very happy to receive us. And also like they were happy to see that it and to like kind of be in that company. Um, so you know, as my first origin trip, I was like, what a, what an amazing experience for an origin trip that a lot of them were saying, oh, you can't go anywhere else. This is it. This <laughs> is the best one. Um, and I'd be happy to go back. Um, I really, one of the things that we did, like we just, you know, we actually spent, we slept in the home of the farmers. It was, you know, in the province. So, you know, lights is very dark. They started their days very early, you know, sorting or like, you know, like uh, raking the coffees, like making sure like everything was taken care of but at the same time you know they're like we celebrated a holiday like the holiday parties like a little late and um singing karaoke and watching kids that are three or four years old with cups of coffee it's it was crazy it was wild um and they kind of even like butchered a whole pig they did like two lechons for yes. us which is a roasted pig um the and best. um that was that was wild too so yeah, um, I don't know. There was, um, I I don't think it's like kind of like hyperbole to say that it was like, it was a life-changing trip. Um, but yeah, and it like really made me like, okay, I, I really like these people. Like, I really like what they're doing. I'm going to do everything I can to continue to support their mission and to keep spreading the word on what they're doing. Um, and like to this day, you know, like I was happy, like, I think it was like that it was the first person, like I, we were on zoom, I showed her the film and, um, you know, when she took it in the first thing she said, I was like, Oh, that's nice. And I was like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, um, now it's right now it's like, I, I did the screening in long beach. Um, and, uh, now we're kind of in the documentary film circuit. Yay! Um, oh, very cool. Submitted Congrats. to a few film festivals or, mo or 
first selection of the ones, the first like notification is the Silicon Valley Asian Film Festival. So it's going to be actually online. So for people to watch, from, I believe, uh, October 20 through 29. And um, I'll make sure you get the link once we get that all set up. Yes, please. That would Very be great. Cool. And That's any awesome. any more, um, like locally in LA Long Beach area, do you plan on like continuing to showcase that film at some point? Yes. I mean, I would... I'm right now, one of the things is I'm looking for a venue space. I would love like if anybody has any like a flip place to kind of set up, I would love to con connect it as well with, you know, um, cuppings and coffee really. So you can actually enjoy the coffee when you, after you see it on the screen. Um, so we're planning, hopefully want to plan at least one in October and um, November before the holiday rush. Um, but yeah, we will keep you updated on that one. Very cool. And for our listeners out there, if you go on the Out of Office Coffee website, you will see the beautiful artwork as well as like some merch and the coffee related to this particular project with Calzada. So check it out. Yeah. And one of the other things, too, that I always like to shout out for Out of Office is that, you know, we like to commission a different Asian American artist to do artwork for our bags. You know, we want to showcase them because I feel like there's so many talented people in the community. Um, so we always like every all of our bags look a little bit different. And for this release, we uh, commissioned Bianca Austria, who is uh, Long Beach based, but also from she grew up in the Philippines. Um, so right now where we have still have the mugs, the fellow mugs that she designed and also a, a print of depicting the coffee farmers in Benguet, um, where the coffee that, w that we released a few months ago is from. All right. Is it time for the game? Yes. Amazing. Are you ready for the game, Paul? Always. <laughs> okay. So you get to, to do a new game that we've never done before. We're introducing it. Yes. It is called Notes, 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 Notes. Ooh. Which we mentioned a video that has an old YouTube like cartoon video yes. that has this like customer interaction between these two. I think it's like bears or cats or little yeah. cartoon animals. Hilarious. Talking about like a customer and a barista talking about flavor notes. And it's very funny. Um, we, I think it was last season. Yeah, we last season we, we mentioned So it. it's a little bit of a throwback to that. But it's a game where you guess which set of flavor notes is fake. Nope. So we're going to give you four sets of flavor notes. And one of them is not real. Okay. Okay. So Ready. the first one is jackfruit, dark chocolate, and peanuts. The second one is grape candy, lambrusco, and nostalgic bliss. Then we have yerba mate, eggnog, and pansy. And then lemon biscuit, sage, and toffee. I'm gonna go with the yerba mate. He got us. Damn. <laughs> we did, oh, that's good. <laughs> I, I failed to do enough research to do this, 
but I think it'll be a fun one. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it is wild. I really, flavor notes are, they're fun. And um, I always appreciate when they're like very creative, like, oh, the smell when you open this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like some... Yes, that nostalgic yeah. bliss one. I That was pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, shout out to Black and White for that flavor note yeah, right that, there. So last week which we haven't released any episodes yet as of now, but last week's episode when this comes out um, was with Roaster Cat and Cat Works for Black and White Roasters was talking about coffees. And one of the ones that came up was um, their Futures series. And it's supposed to taste like grape soda, basically. Um, And that was the flavor notes, was Grape Candy Lambrusco Nostalgic Bliss. There was one more, but I was working in sets of threes. So... I was, that was like my second option, but I was trying to figure out what, I don't know what Lambrusco is. Uh, oh, it's like a sparkling white wine. Oh. Okay. It's very delicious. Yeah. Is it always white? I don't know. It's a sparkling wine. Oh, okay. Um, the first set of flavor notes, this is mostly for everyone listening because we shared our coffee that we're drinking and didn't share the flavor notes because we included them in here. Yes. It was jackfruit, dark chocolate, and peanuts. And that was a Barocco from Boondocks. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good old jackfruit. I love jackfruit. I know. So do I. I've just never thought of it as like a flavor note because it can be kind of like savory because mm-hmm. it's used as like a meat substitute sometimes. So. Right. And I was like, peanuts sometimes is like people would not buy a coffee that has a peanut flavor note, but that's usually for like Arabica. And so we're talking about a completely different species. So Mm -hmm. different rules apply. No. And okay. It just came to me. So the reason, like I figured out why I am not really into Brazilian coffees in terms of like that flavor note. It's very, very specific with Brazilian coffees. And it's because it always tastes like stale peanuts. So this flavor for like for Barocco, um, if you've ever tasted it, is it also tastes like peanuts, but it is very specific to Filipino peanuts. Like it's more of like a fresh peanut. It so it's more like green. A roasted peanut. For me, it tastes like a green peanut. Mm, I think it tastes yeah. like a roasted peanut, but it's not stale. Yeah, it's not stale. No. So that's what this tastes like. Well, uh, to everyone listening, uh, we hope to get better at this game. Uh, if you have any crazy flavor notes that you want to submit, please do. Yes, um, please let us know. DM us. Paul, thank you for being our guinea pig for our new game. <laughs> oh, anytime. Yeah. Cool. Um, before we leave today, um, can you give our audience, um, you know, specifics on socials, where we can find you, how we can find your project, all that fun stuff. Buy coffee. Yes. Yeah. Um, so right now you can find us at out of office roasters, all one word on Instagram. Um, and also our website is www.outofofficeroasters.com. Um, just keep an eye out. We're going to, you know, we're, we like to do kind of like project based drops. So once we have like, we're going to, we're looking for, we're always looking for new Asian American artists. So if you're a creative you like to do, you can take a look at our socials to kind of see the work we, we like. We accept all different works um, to kind of decorate our bags with. Um, and then for the film, it's Mam um, Film is the Instagram. So it's uh, M-A-A-M-T-E-R-E Film. 
And um, th- that's the Instagram handle. And the reason why I called it that is one of the things that one of the thing I, I heard a lot in the Philippines was when the farmers would go, mam tere. And basically it's like ma'am and sir. They say either ma'am or sir. And so that's how they would refer to her. And it was, um, yeah, really cool. And I was like, oh, that'd be a fun title. And uh, yeah, so we should be keep an eye out. We'll be doing our release the next few months. Um, wanting to do this big event. If you have any ideas, if you have any space um, to project the film, definitely send it, send us a DM. We're always looking for that. And um, if you want to do any collabs, we love to collaborate with other people. Whether if you're not even in coffee, if you do something fun, we're, should, give us a give us a DM. So yeah. Awesome. awesome. Thank you both for having having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for um, taking the time. Been a big fan. I remember when we first when we all met together, and that was really <laughs> fun. I was like, wait, I know your voice. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I was like, whoa, this is uh, starstruck. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. This was so fun, and I'm so glad that we got to not only feature a little bit of Philippine coffee, but talk to you about your project. And so everyone go check it out. Stay tuned for more info. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again to Paul for sharing his story and passion for Filipino coffee. We hope you all got inspired to try coffee from the Philippines and from out of office. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week to talk more coffee with you all. Until then, continue to drink good coffee. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and keep up with us on Instagram at Totally Dissolve Pod. Send us questions or thoughts in the DMs or email us at totallydissolvepod at gmail.com. Bye, Bye for, for now. now.